Welcome to Shelf Logic, the official podcast of the Maricopa County Library District. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Shelf Logic. My name is Alyssa. My name is Scott. And we are librarians at the Queen Creek Library, part of the Maricopa County Library District. So this week's episode, we're going to take it um, into the cooking world because March is National Nutrition Month. So Scott and I thought that we would pull out some of our favorite cookbooks and kind of talk about um, foods that are in there. Some are healthy, some are not healthy, and kind of take it from there and share our favorite recipes with you. Um, So I'm going to go first. The first choice that I did was um, Aisha Curry's cookbook. It's called The Full Plate. First off, I love Aisha Curry. She's hilarious. Um, I watched an episode of Selena and Chef on HBO Max, and she was like phenomenal in the way that she cooks, and um, her recipes always look delicious. So her cookbook is called The Full Plate. It's available through Libby, and we have physical copies in the library. Um, So she is the wife of Stephen Curry. He's a basketball player with the Warriors. Um, She has her own cookware line. She's judged on multiple um, cooking shows and she shares her recipes all over social media. Um, Her recipes are kind of a mix of like comfort foods, healthy foods, and like family meals. I think she has three small kids. So she tries to make um, recipes that they would enjoy as well, but aren't like little kid mac and cheese books. So um, it's very interesting to go through and read. Like she makes gnocchi and grilled cheeses, and she has this hot honey chicken sandwich, which looks amazing. Like if I was more skilled in the kitchen, I'd probably try it. Um, and her aesthetic is just so beautiful. Like she always shows you photos from her house, photos of her kids, you know, just like regular family life. And she, even though she's a celebrity, she tries to make it feel like she's one of us, which I know is weird to say, but it's, it's very good um, cookbook. I really enjoyed reading it. And like I said, she has a, a lot of recipes and some of them are healthy as well. So I really enjoy her, her cookbook. I don't really like celebrity cookbooks, but hers I really did enjoy. Scott, what about your first book? Uh, my first book is Rebecca Firth, The Cookie Book. And what I like about The Cookie Book is it is decadent bites for every occasion. Um, what I really like is that I love cookies. Um, <laughs> in addition to some classics like oatmeal raisin cookies, there are some more exotic recipes for things like eggnog snickerdoodles, which feature brown sugar, vanilla, cinnamon, and nutmeg. There is a self-taught baker who runs a blog called The displaced housewife. Many of the recipes are family favorites and the book is filled with humorous remarks. I am somebody who definitely enjoys cookies as well and just looking at the front of that cookbook it looks amazing. It kind of looks like a whoopie pie Oreo type dish which I'm all for. (laughs) Uh, Did you have like a favorite cookie that you saw in there that like you would die to try? There is one that looks really complicated. It's called a five-spice cranberry mooncake cookie. Ooh. Um, it has lots of ingredients and fillings, and um, it looks amazing. Um, it's sort of an Asian-influenced cookie. Nice. Yeah, I feel like I would definitely need to be more of a skilled baker to try that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my next book is called Bangkok, and... Um, The author is from Thailand, but this book is also available on Libby and we have physical copies. Um, I really like this book because she kind of talks about the 
the lifestyle of, you know, um, Thai people in Thailand and what it's like to grow up in Bangkok. Um, she said that she grew up in Bangkok with several of her family members. Um, and so she kind of shows you what the street markets are like, what the cuisine is like, how you go through and you pick out the right um, ingredients for your dish. So it's very interesting. Um, my grandmother is from Thailand, so I was reading through this and I thought it was very interesting to just kind of see it from another person's perspective and kind of, you know, picture my grandmother going through like Asian markets, going to the boat markets and things like that. Um, and some of these recipes I do recognize. I remember her making some of them. One of them in particular is called uh, flower scented water. She used to do this all the time in the morning when the jasmines would bloom at night. She had a jasmine tree in her backyard when she lived in California, and she would put them in the water, and then like the whole house would smell like jasmine. It's amazing. Um, so she has the recipe for that as well. And overall, it's just like a really beautiful book. Um, she took a lot of really good photos. She um, also has really interesting recipes as well. The first one I just flipped to is called um, durian ice cream. And for those of us that don't know what durian is, it, is, it kind of looks like a jackfruit. Um, but once you split it open, it has a very distinctive smell to it. Um, but in Thailand, they use it to make uh, ice cream and they use it as like a dessert fruit. And it's actually pretty tasty once you get past the very strong distinctive smell. <laughs> um, so that, you know, she has um, barbecued pork, um, tom yum, which is uh, a soup typically made with uh, shrimp or coconut cream or something along that line. And so it was, it was just very interesting to, to read through. Um, one of my favorite recipes that my grandma used to make was uh, somtom, which is a papaya salad. And it's very spicy and it has really good, it has a really good flavor palette to it. So I really enjoyed that book. A lot of the recipes are healthy on the healthier side. Um, because there's just a lot of good recipes in there. And Scott, what's your second book? Uh, my second book is called 101 Cocktails to Try Before You Die by Francois Monti. Uh, we have physical copies of this in the library for checkout. Um, it is a small book, but it does offer a recipe for sangrita, which is a good choice to accompany sipping tequila. The sangrita is made of fresh orange juice fresh lime juice, grenadine, and Tabasco sauce. Mm. Um, I like this book because it gives a history of each of the cocktails. For instance, the Bloody Mary on page 38, there's an anecdote about Ernest Hemingway drinking Bloody Marys to fool his wife since the vodka was odorless. I also like that they give variations on the drink, for instance, that the Bloody Mary can be made with gin or tequila. Interesting. I like how it gives you a little bit of background with the the drink concoctions. I think that's interesting. And also, I did not know that about Hemingway, but I could totally see people doing that. <laughs> ah. um, so for my last book, I'm going to talk about um, very unhealthy foods for National Nutrition Month, which totally makes sense. Um, it's the unofficial Disney Parks Cookbook. If you listened to me before in my previous podcast with Corbin, you know that I'm a huge Disney nerd, so we're just gonna continue with that theme. Um, so I have the unofficial Disney Cookbook, or Disney Parks Cookbook, excuse me, by Ashley Craft, and she remakes a lot of Disney classic recipes. Um, we do have this on Libby by Overdrive for e-copies, and then we have physical copies as well. Um, some of them are very 
difficult to make. Like I would not try to make macarons on my own. I will leave that to the experts at the confectionery in Disneyland, but they have churros, which I would definitely try to make, um, even though it's not quite the same because you kind of have to stand in front of the Disneyland castle with the churro and just, you know, picture yourself there. And they do have recipes for the gray stuff. I heard it's delicious. Um, donuts, Napoleons, the crepes, basically anything that you find at a Disney park they have. Caramel apples, chocolate covered bananas. What I really liked about this book was they split it up by the different parks that they had. Um, so you have Disneyland, you have Hollywood Studios, you have California Adventures. So if you can picture that one place in that one park and you're looking for that food, they have it split up by the parks. So I really enjoyed that because when I was in Disney World, um, I really, really liked the, um, the gray stuff from the Beauty and the Beast restaurant, Be Our Guest. It was so good. It was such an experience. But then I also like going to Disneyland and, you know, having the beignets or the Matterhorn macaroons, which you can't get in Disney World. So each park has their own, like, specific menu, if that makes sense. Um, and people who have been to Disney totally get what I mean. <laughs> so um, it's very interesting. My favorite park to read about was the Epcot um, because you have the different countries in the world pavilions. And so they try to make the recipes as authentic as possible and they include some of those recipes in here. So I would love to try to make some of those copycat recipes. So yes, this one is definitely for, for my Disney fans. And Scott, what's your last book? Uh, my last book is uh, The Curry Guy by Dan Toombs, T-O-O-M-B-S. Uh, we have physical copies of this in the library that can be checked out. Um, the author has been experimenting with Indian food for 15 years. Oh. He decided his family would only eat Indian food for a whole year. Oh, wow. And he learned some secrets from chefs at Indian restaurants in exchange for mentioning their restaurant on his blog. Um, one uh, is called Chicken Chili garlic curry on page 63. The author emphasizes that the garlic is a very strong part of this dish and you won't be very popular after eating it. <laughs> I like his sense of humor. It makes the recipes more fun. I love that. Um, so like I have had some curries and you know, I I'm not going to lie. I'm not very experienced in the curry world. So I think that one would be very interesting. I can't believe that he tried to do Indian food for a year. I feel like that would be very hard and, and a little bit restrictive. Did, yeah. did you find that while reading it? Yes. He, um, he had to convince his family why this was a good idea. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, definitely. Especially if you have little ones who are picky. Oh, that... <laughs> and they only want, you know, their Cheetos. I'm sure it's going to go over very well. But... Um, so thank you for tuning in to this episode. You can find all of these books available through mcldaz.org. And tune in next time, and we'll be talking about something different and something interesting. So thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Shelf Logic. Make sure to hit subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Follow us on social media where we are at mcldaz.org.